What is up and welcome to episode 8 of the Alex Fast Show. So a quick refresher on what we're doing here. Every single MLB pitcher is in the big leagues for a reason. Maybe their arsenal possesses something unique or they have a distinct release point that allows them to succeed. And what this show wants to find out is what that reason is. Every week I'm going to be doing an exhaustive dive on just one pitcher where we're going to peel back the layers on what makes that pitcher tick. And in the process I'll be breaking down at least one high level pitching concept per episode. We've talked about induced vertical break. We talked about C shifted wake. We've talked about vertical approach angle all in past episodes. Every day I am learning more about pitching and the point of this podcast is to learn more about pitching with you. Today is a very special episode. The past couple of weeks I have not gone to Twitter for a poll because they kept choosing the most popular person and I was like, you know what, I actually want to break down someone who might not necessarily get a lot of love. But this week I went back to Twitter and I included our very first reliever. Now that might not have been fair because as someone who... Um, you know, is very active on Orioles Twitter. Maybe some of my followers skew towards an Orioles bias, and I put Felix Bautista in the poll. I really thought Blake Snell was going to win, but Felix Bautista won the poll. So today, in episode eight, we're going to be breaking down our first reliever, and with Felix Bautista, we'll do a small breakdown on what stuff plus is obviously something that you've heard about a lot, but uh, maybe you haven't really had a really good breakdown. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that uh, a, a little bit. Um, all right. Uh, apologies if you hear my dog in the background. Maybe you can't, but if you can, she's trying to get warm on the couch, even though it's 95 degrees outside in L.A. right now. She's trying to get herself comfortable. All right. So who's Felix Bautista on a higher level currently? what I think you can probably say oh, fine just to provide the caveat arguably let's say arguably one of the best relievers in baseball right now he's but he's, he's pretty dominant just like everywhere <laughs> like so he's got a 92 ERA 0 0.92 0.92 ERA leads all of qualified relievers an 86 whip 0 0.86 whip fourth among qualified relievers 88 percent left on base rate so he's good at stranding guys 51 percent K rate technically 50.8 but we're going to round up 51 percent K rate leads all qualified relievers no one else I think is relatively close 22 percent swinging strike rate uh, leads all of baseball uh, the only reliever above 20 percent as a matter of fact, there are some stats that are not as pretty. He's got a 10% walk rate. He's got an 11% home run to fly ball ratio. If you're going to look at the, the you know, what they call the lollipops on baseball savant, you're going to see that Bautista is 100th percentile, so quite literally the best in expected batting average, expected slugging, K percent, with percent, expected ERA over expected WOBA, and expected WOBA. So again, very dominant. Uh, he is 80th percentile or higher in barrel rate and fastball velocity and chase rate judging relievers obviously a little bit difficult by the more typical metrics right like era not necessarily the best maybe it's better for felix bautista because he's rarely going to come into situations where there are going to be inherited runners right he's not like a yenier cano or like a shintaro fujinami who's going to come in maybe needs to work out of a jam that the that the starter necessarily left for him more often than not going to come in with a blank slate but still there are some good uh, reliever metrics over on baseball reference. Um, ERA plus isn't necessarily a reliever metrics, but it is worth noting that <laughs> like, so is ERA plus right now, which leads all of baseball. And I'm recording this on Wednesday, Wednesday before the final Orioles Phillies game. So maybe it'll change tonight, but his ERA plus right now is 457, which is 
uh, just absolutely remarkable. He has a 3.41 win probability added, which is the second best in baseball behind Alexis Diaz. He is top 10 in the average leverage index, meaning he is brought in in a lot of incredibly high stress situations, which, yeah, that makes sense. He's a closer. But remember, other closers are on this list as well. That just means that he's coming in with a lot of like one run games to protect as opposed to picking up a bunch of like three run saves. Um, This is a guy in Batista who like even Orioles bias aside could realistically receive Cy Young votes this year. And while I don't ultimately think he'll end up winning Cy Young, because I think it's near impossible in today's day and age for a reliever to win Cy Young, like if Zach Britton didn't do it, then Gagne just might be the final reliever to ever win Cy Young. But if he keeps up this pace, if he keeps getting close to the record for highest K rate over a, a full season and he has a sub one ERA and a sub one whip and he doesn't blow any more saves and the other pitchers in the AL continue to have these like faltering appearances, right? Like Garrett Cole hasn't been spotless. Shane McClanahan hasn't been spotless. Maybe Batista could be a bigger part of that conversation. But again, I personally don't think Felix Batista is going to end the year this Cy Young. I think he could place like third or fourth, though, and get some votes. Anyway, that's a, a topic for another day. It's not what we're doing. We know Batista is not just good, but elite, right? It's fair to say he's elite. So let's figure out why. Let's start by looking at just like a quick overview. Um, well, I guess a little bit more in-depth overview of who he is as a pitcher. While I would usually spend this time breaking down how a pitcher approaches lefties or righties, that isn't necessarily as pertinent for a reliever and especially a closer, right? Batista technically has three pitches, but he's really a two-pitch pitcher. He's got a four-seamer that he goes to 70% of the time sits 99 miles an hour, can frequently touch triple digits. Uh, he also has a splitter that goes that he goes to about 25% of the time. That's its 88, which is uh, uh, above league average, but not by a lot. Uh, he technically features it a little bit more to lefties, but not much more. I think it's 29% to lefties and 22% to righties. There's also a slider that he goes to about 5% of the time. I think he went to it a little bit more earlier in the season when he was having a lot of trouble finding uh, like the splitter overall. It just wasn't really working for him. But if you're going to watch a Felix Bautista outing, it's very rare to see a slider. You're going to see a lot of high-velocity four-seamers and a lot of splitters. So let's start with that that four-seamer, right? This is the 12th best four-seamer by Stuff Plus among relievers at 132. 12th best four-seamer by Stuff Plus, 132 Stuff Plus. So what does that mean, right? Like, what is Stuff Plus? I'm sure that's a word that you've heard plenty especially as you know has been talking about it a lot you know over the course of the season and you should be because it's a fantastic metric but you might have just kind of brushed over it and said like oh stuff plus higher equals better and yes that's true let's do a little bit more of a deep dive so stuff plus was co-created by Eno and max bay with contributions from ethan moore harry pavlidis jeremy greenhouse and owen mcgratton owen himself wrote a really good primer for stuff plus on fan graphs which i highly recommend and some of the quotes that i'm going to say are pulled from that piece so you know all credit to Owen there. You should really go check that piece out. Eno also has a good amount of articles that were written about it, you know, across various platforms. It's not really fair to say that Stuff Plus inherently says how good or bad a pitch is, right? There are plenty of pitches with good Stuff Plus that do poorly and plenty of poor Stuff Plus pitches that do well. Um, I imagine ideally Stuff Plus will get to a point where that will be weeded out, but I'm getting a little bit too ahead of myself here. Stuff Plus compiles a 
bunch of different metrics describing a pitch's physical characteristics. So, for example, it's going to gather information about the horizontal and vertical movement on the pitch, the spin efficiency, the spin rate, the release point, the velocity, like virtually anything that can be measured, I imagine, goes into a Stuff Plus model. It will then use those metrics to spit out a number about that pitch. It's very important to know that a pitcher's secondary pitches are based off of their fastball. So if it plays incredibly, if a secondary pitch plays incredibly well off a four-seamer or whatever, whatever the pitcher's primary heater is, four-seamer, sinker, cutter, if it plays incredibly well off of that, that secondary pitch will likely have a better stuff plus. Um, Owen also makes a good point in his breakdown that by weighing release point in stuff plus, you're essentially accounting for a level of deception as well. A more unique release point is going to give you quote-unquote better stuff stuff. Uh, another important caveat about Stuff Plus is it's not like WRC Plus or OPS Plus in that 100 is league average. So it actually, the, the league average changes per pitch type. Four seamer, it's 99, 87 for changeup, 106 for curveball, 110 for splitter. The full breakdown is in Owen's article. So you can't necessarily say, oh, Bautista has a 132 Stuff Plus in his four seamer. That's 32% better than the league average. You, you can't really say that. One of the things that I enjoy about Stuff Plus is you can get a really good sense of why a pitch has a higher or lower one very easily. And we're going to take Bautista as an example for that. But the last thing that I want to say when it comes to Stuff Plus, though, is kind of what I mentioned earlier about how you can have good pitches that have poor Stuff Pluses. That is not necessarily because Stuff Plus isn't picking up on it. They just might need to continue to train the model to account for certain things. So the example, and Eno can speak better to this than I can, so you can, of course, reach out to him. But I know he's provided a lot of responses similar to this uh, on Twitter. But like Yenier Cano's sinker at the beginning of the year, I haven't checked recently, had a relatively poor stuff plus. And that could have been because it didn't necessarily play well um, off of his four-seamer. I don't think he has a four-seamer. Uh, the changeup also wasn't a high stuff plus pitch, if I recall correctly. That could be because it didn't play well off the sinker, or maybe it just was weighing things in a particular way. I think as they move forward, they're going to continue to finesse stuff plus, figure out what the proper weights are, and we'll soon see or get to a point where indeed a higher stuff plus means a better pitch but again like there's a lot of caveats there but let's return to what we were just talking about a second ago I, I brought up how I enjoy stuff plus because you can get a good sense of why a pitch is a higher or lower one very easily and so let's look at Felix Batista's 132 stuff plus four seamer right and why that is right we know that a large part of that stuff plus bottle is going to be velocity, right? He's going to, he averages 99.3 mile an hour on the four seamer. It's the third highest average velocity across all pitchers with a minimum of 254 seamers thrown. It's elite four seam velocity. We also know that a large part of this is going to be release point, right? Stuff plus weighs release point. And Felix Bautista's nickname is the mountain for good reason. He's listed at six foot eight. And he has an incredibly high release point. His vertical release point is 6.96 feet above the ground. So let's call it seven feet, which is the second highest release point in baseball behind Justin Verlander, who releases the ball 7.02 feet above the ground. It's also worth noting that actually third behind Verlander and Batista is another Oriole in Tyler Wells. He also has an incredibly high release point. Um, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is because of all the exceptions to the rules, right? Like we talked about vertical approach angle a few weeks ago. And if you have a vertical approach angle close to zero, um, you have a flatter fastball, you should likely be elevating. Um, and if you have one that's like negative five or negative six degrees, maybe working down in the zone would be a little bit better. 
pitching is a language, right? And every language has exceptions to the rule, and Batista is one of those, right? Batista has a negative 5.1 degree vertical approach angle, which makes it steeper than average, right? Remember, if you're elevating, if you're throwing up in the zone a lot, you want to have closer to zero. You would want to have like a negative three point something or a negative four, right? So Bautista's negative 5.1, which makes it steeper than average. So why doesn't he pound the bottom of the zone with that four seamer? Why does he still elevate elevate about 58% of the time or in the 75th percentile? Well, as per usual, there are a few interrelated reasons and we're going to get into all of those reasons after we take a quick break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick the two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code PitcherList and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So, stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. 
so let's get back into these 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 reasons, right? So Batista has an induced vertical break of twenty point three. Now that means gobbledygook, right? Is that high? Is that low? You know who knows, right? That leads baseball. Now, induced vertical break, remember, we broke that down in the past podcast, right? It's essentially how much rise or carry or lift or vert you were getting on the pitch, regardless of gravity, the higher, the more rise. I don't want to say the higher, the better, but the higher, the more rise. He gets 20.3 inches of induced vertical break. The league average induced vertical break for a four-seamer is 16, all right? A little below 16. So we're talking about four inches more induced vertical break and again leads all of baseball how is he able to get that much induced vertical break well it certainly doesn't hurt when you're releasing your four seamer seven feet above the ground and it certainly doesn't hurt when you're getting a 98 percent spin efficiency on that four seamer as well remember spin efficiency how big of a how much uh, spin is contributing to movement of the pitch another concept we broke down in a past episode so how good does this four seamer do right we, we know it's got uh, elite carry we know it's got elite velocity it's uh thrown higher than virtually any other four seamer aside justin verlanders it does incredibly well it's got a 21 percent swing strike rate that's 98th percentile 231 woba 89th percentile the final three metrics are gonna i'm gonna say are all 93rd percentile or higher 13 percent hard contact fantastic 38 percent o swing absolutely fantastic four percent barrel rate absolutely fantastic what does all that mean it's not giving up hard contact it's not really giving up much contact at all and it's getting a heck of a lot of swings and misses okay so what do we learn about just felix batista's four seamer it's an absolute missile from a release point that is incredibly unique and gets more rise than any other four-seamer in baseball, right? Uh, really, you could just say, well, you know, he's got elite velocity and he's got a lot of carry and bam, there you go. That's why he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. It's pretty special, but, <clears throat> excuse me, that would be special just in and of itself. But what's even crazier, it might not even be his best pitch. That may be, it just might be, it might be his splitter. So let's talk about Felix Batista's splitter. Buy Stuff Plus. It's the third best splitter. It's got a 150 Stuff Plus. Remember, the average for a splitter was about 109. So let's start with the performance metrics, right? 129 average against with an 081, an 81 expected average, right? 158 Woba, 84th percentile. 32% swinging strike rate is 98th percentile. League average is about half, about half of that, right? Okay. Believe it or not, it's actually unlucky when it's put in play with a 438 BABIP, and it's got a 60% whiff rate, which is in the 98th percentile. So what's kind of remarkable, too, is that Felix Batista has not, quote-unquote, had his splitter all that frequently this year. At the beginning of the year, the pitch was doing, uh, wasn't really doing what it well like he just couldn't really command it it wasn't doing what he wanted it to do like it looked like his splitter one out of every four pitches he would find it that he would lose it and then you had no idea what you were getting and as i mentioned that's why you would see a little bit more sliders i honestly don't think he knows where it's going most of the time but when it's on it could be one of the most unhittable pitches in all of baseball we know that the velocity on felix batista's splitter isn't necessarily remarkable right he sits 88 um the four seamer hits triple digits which helps to make it one of the best in baseball but the splitter 88 and while that's still above league average, which is about 86.7. It's not necessarily elite for a changeup or a splitter. With the addition of uh, Fujinami, he actually doesn't even have the highest splitter velocity on the team at the moment. Fujinami does. Batista has the second highest splitter velocity. So what makes the splitter so devastating? Well, the first part of that we sort of covered, 
and the stuff plus breakdown, right? What can make that splitter so devastating is the four-seamer, which I absolutely love, right? Pitching analysis can never really happen in a vacuum. There's entire arsenals at a pitcher's disposal, and what can make one pitch great may have nothing to do with that pitch whatsoever. Even when we're talking about a pitcher who pretty much just has two pitches, a fantastic four-seamer can really do all of that for a secondary pitch. So, Batista, when it comes to the splitter, gets slightly above average velocity, as we talked about, way less horizontal break on the pitch. He has about seven inches of horizontal break. League average for a splitter from a right-handed pitcher, regardless of reliever or starter, is about 11. Four inches more induced vertical break, so more induced vertical break, less drop overall than league average, which likely due again to that high release point as we discussed with the four-seamer, but that's an important caveat. So less... Uh, horizontal break than average, less drop than average, about league average um, velocity. He also gets a 91% spin efficiency on his splitter, which is relatively unique, although I think you see a pretty wide spectrum of spin efficiency when it comes to splitters. Aside from the vertical break and release point, though, there isn't really anything particularly like jaw-dropping about the Batista splitter in terms of like the the physical properties, right? The, the metrics in and of himself, the output, the performance metrics are elite. They're fantastic. I don't want to make it sound like I'm disparaging it, but I think that one of the reasons it is as elite as it is is because of the splitter's ability to play off of the four-seamer. I think it's also a reason why the stuff pluses at 150. It's worth doubling down on the fact that the Batista has a lot of trouble finding consistency with that splitter on an appearance-by-appearance basis. The good news, though, is that even when he doesn't have the best command of the pitch, he always seems to get whiffs on the heater, allowing to have him, allowing him to have more success making mistakes with the splitter. I want to give a, a little bit of a kind of off-the-cuff anecdote about Felix Batista, too. What's pretty remarkable is I have seen appearances from him where batters can tell, okay, he does not have that splitter. And while he can find it randomly, right, like just because he doesn't have it one outing doesn't necessarily mean that every splitter is going to be poor, but more often than not, if he doesn't have it, it's difficult for him to find it in an outing so when a batter sees okay he doesn't have his splitter I'm just gonna sit four seamer they still can't really do much with it they just really can't do much with it because it comes in so incredibly fast and he elevates it so incredibly well um Felix Batista as I said he's arguably the most dominant reliever in baseball at the moment his incredibly high release point and elite velocity paired with a fantastic induced vertical break in his four-seamer allows him to have an incredible amount of success with that pitch. That elite four-seamer also throws his spl- allows his splitter to be one of the best splitters in baseball, and while he can lose the feel for that pitch relatively frequently, the four-seamer allows him to do so without getting too punished for the fact. So, there you have it. Our very first reliever breakdown on the Alex Fast Show. As usual, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and feel free to reach out to me with any and all feedback on Twitter at AlexFast8. But that's going to do it for episode eight of the Alex Fast Show. I'll talk to you guys next week.